Yeah, we're excited uh, that you're here uh, with us today online for church. Uh, we're starting a brand new series uh, called Hope Has a Name. Uh, we're exploring the names of God together. And we're just so excited that you get to join us as we begin this series because our conviction and our hope is that as we know the names of God better, uh, that we will know his character better and that we will know his power more in our lives. You know, in ancient times, uh, names were very important. They revealed a lot about a person's character and who they were. In fact, names were so important that we see God frequently changing the names of people in scripture to reflect the new reality in their lives. For instance, Abram, his name was changed to Abraham, which means the father of a multitude of nations. Or the name of Jacob, which means deceiver. When God changed his name, he gave him the name Israel, which means the one who prevails. And you may remember that when Jesus called Simon the fisherman to be one of his followers, he told Simon that your name is now going to be Peter, which means rock. And so in the Bible, a name often reflected a person's authority, a person's purpose, and a person's character. And God reveals himself to us in the scriptures through a variety of different names because he is a God that's multifaceted. And in fact, we believe that God has a name for every situation and for every circumstance that you may find yourself in. We're told in Proverbs uh, 18, uh, verse 10, we're told that the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runs into it and is safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runs to it and is safe. And so when you and I know the names of God, We can learn to trust him and we can learn to run to him in er every area of need in our lives. So for instance, if we're lacking, we can run to God as provider. If we need healing, we can run to God as our healer. If we need guidance, we can run to God as our shepherd. And so today we're going to kick off the series by beginning with the very first name that God chooses to reveal to himself, uh, of himself to us in scripture, which is the name Elohim. In Genesis 1-1, we're told that God created, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And so God identifies himself in the very first book of the Bible 35 times as Elohim in the start of scripture. And Elohim in the Hebrew just simply means mighty one or supreme one. It's a name that focuses on God's strength, on God's power, on the reality that he is the all-powerful creator of the universe. You see, right from the very beginning, God wants us to know his sovereignty. He wants us to know his authority. He wants us to know his greatness. He wants us to know his power. And so we're going to go through the name of Elohim, and we're going to go through some aspects of God's character today and what it means that he is our all-powerful creator, especially for our lives during this pandemic You know, the first thing we want to know about God as all-powerful creator is, you know, what the theologians call God, that that he's transcendent. And and really, that just basically means that God is above and beyond everything in his creation. You see, if in the beginning God created, that means before the beginning of all things that God was there. That means that he's always existed. That means that he is outside time and space and outside the confines of this world. And that's why we refer to God as being eternal. Now, we know this, right? Grace Life, I mean, we know this. But why am I emphasizing this? 
Well, especially now during this COVID-19 pandemic, we've witnessed the world turned upside down in just a few days. An invisible virus has wreaked havoc all around the world. We've experienced just how temporary and fragile life here on earth really is. And many people, including many of us, we were living life as if we couldn't be shaken. We were living life as if nothing would ever go wrong or everything would sort of go according to our plans. And that's all changed. This is a wake-up call. This is a wake-up call for the entire world. In times like this, we're reminded how important it is to anchor ourselves in a reality that is beyond this world that is unchanging and that is eternal. And that reality is God, the all-powerful creator of the universe. You know, we see suffering and we see sickness and death daily right now in the headlines. And when we see that, we know something is deeply wrong with this picture of the world, that there must be something beyond our lives. There must be something beyond life here on earth, which is so temporary and can be so easily cut short. King Solomon wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 3, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. And here's why we resist sickness and we resist suffering. Here's why we hate death and, and we, we see death as an enemy. You and I have been made for eternity. God has set eternity in the human heart. We know that there is more to us than this life. And so in times like this, God is helping us to, to focus our hearts on eternity in life beyond the grave. It really is a wake-up call. You know, many people, including myself, uh, we're growing impatient with this entire pandemic. We're tired of seeing the suffering and the bad news every day on the television screen. We're getting impatient with the stay-at-home orders. Many people rushed to the beach last weekend because I think a lot of people are just getting tired of these stay-at-home orders. And, and of course, we're not condoning that. We're not saying go and do that. Um, we need to keep safety in mind. But I can understand the impatience. We just want this whole thing to be over with. And we want to get back to things being, quote, normal. We're losing our patience. But I wonder if in losing our patience we're also losing that sense of urgency that we had initially when we saw this as an opportunity to point others to that eternal hope that we have in God alone. You see, God isn't impatient. As we've seen, he's the all-powerful creator, Elohim. He's outside of time. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he's going to take what was meant for evil, this virus pandemic, and he's going to turn it around for good according to his purposes. Well, what is his purpose? Well, we're told in 2 Peter chapter 3 that the way God sees time is different than the way we see time. And in 2 Peter chapter 3, we're told this by Peter. He says, Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 
Now, listen, church, um, I know we may not want to hear this, but God has a much larger agenda than simply getting rid of the coronavirus. The reality is that long after this virus has run its course and this curve has flattened, that the virus of sin and death still remains, that all of us have been infected, and that curve will never flatten until we get to heaven or God returns to make all things right. You see, God's not the author of evil. He's not the author of sickness and death. But he's reminding us during this pandemic that humanity's only hope is not in a vaccine. Humanity's only hope is not that this virus would be eradicated. And of course, we pray for that. We long for that. But humanity's only hope is in the eternal, unchanging, all-powerful creator God who can secure our eternity beyond our temporary lives here on earth, virus or no virus. Now, don't get me wrong. We continue to want to pray for the sick. We continue to to pray for a swift end to this virus. And we continue to pray for those economically devastated by uh, the pandemic. But let's not lose the urgency that we had at the beginning for the souls of others. And let's not lose that eternal perspective that we need to have as Christians. You see, you and I, we have a hope that speaks directly to the hearts of people during this pandemic. We have a transcendent, eternal, all-powerful God that's over and above every fear, including the greatest fear people have, the fear of death itself. We're called to lift our eyes to him and to point others to the eternal hope that we have in Christ alone. Secondly, I want us to see that while God, Elohim, he's all-powerful, he's over and above his creation, that he's sovereign and that he's supreme. I want us to see that he's also a personal God. You see, Elohim means mighty one. But when you look at Genesis 1 verses 3 to 5, what you're going to see is some very personal attributes of God. So let's look there together. We're told that God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. See, what we see here is that God is not some random uh, energy in the universe that sort of got everything into motion. We see at the very beginning of Scripture that, that God is a personal God, that he has very personal attributes. God saw, God said, God separated, God called. He's very intimately engaged with his creation, and that is his character, like a like a potter and his clay. He's very intimately engaged with what he's created, that his fingerprints are all over creation. He's actively involved in creation. And guess what? He's actively and personally involved in your life and in my life. See, before I was a Christian, I would have considered myself mainly an agnostic. I believed that there was some sort of God out there that existed. Um, what he was or who he was or, or what it was, I really had no idea. I, in fact, I conceived of God as being very impersonal, sort of like a force. But then I read C.S. Lewis in the book Mere Christianity, and he made this very simple but compelling argument. And he, he said that because 
God, if God exists, created us as personal beings that you and I can have a conversation. We're having conversation right now through Zoom. Um, we, we can meet once this is all over. We can shake hands. We can have a personal relationship. If God is the God that created us as personal beings, then if God is over and above us, then there's no way God can be impersonal. In fact, it must mean that God is super personal, that, that God actually is more personal than you and I are, that, that God wants to personally interact with us and he's created us for a relationship with him, that he is a personal God. And when I began to understand that, I began to see that God reaches out to us through his son, Jesus, to have this personal encounter with him that radically transformed my life. You see, just as God spoke the universe into existence and he called light into existence, God is calling you and I to worship him as the all-powerful creator, but also to have a one-on-one personal relationship with him. He's able to see the big picture during this entire pandemic, but at the same time, he's able to intimately be involved in your life right now. He has a unique plan for each one of us and the people around you. So church, let's stay awake. Let's stay urgent to what God is doing through each of our lives right now. God is a personal God. He wants to speak directly into your situation, whatever that is in family or in work or in lack of work or in your business interruption or in whatever sickness or situation you're in. He wants to speak personally to you. And he also wants to speak through you to others so that they too can be pointed to the all-powerful one that we worship. Lastly, I want to turn your attention to Genesis 1 verse 2. It's a verse that you may have just skipped over in the past but it's actually extremely rich and it's extremely meaningful. So in Genesis 1, chapter 2, we're told this, that the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Well, that Hebrew phrase translated formless and empty, that basically means like a wasteland, like a desert, like a barren place. It's a location that's totally uninhabitable. It's unlivable. It's without form. It's without life. It's like a complete wasteland. And we're told that God hovered over this wasteland and he brought life and he brought order and he brought beauty. He created light. He separated the land from the water. He made earth a majestic and livable, beautiful creation. And in Genesis chapter 2, we're told that he creates man, and he puts mankind in the midst of a beautiful garden. You see, what I want you to see in just this one verse is that from the very beginning of Scripture, we're given this picture of God as a restorer. He takes that which is the wasteland, which is unfruitful, which is desolate, and he restores it into something beautiful and productive and full of purpose. And throughout the Bible, we continue to see God do this work of restoration and redemption. That is in his very nature as God. We have a God that can transform this mess that we're in into a miracle. He's a God that can transform darkness into light. He's a God that can take desolate places and make it fertile ground for growth. And God can do the same thing in your life and in my life and the lives of the people around you. In fact, that is the whole purpose of the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to give. You see, you and I were meant to live in relationship with the all-powerful creator, the one that's above and beyond his creation, 
the one that made us for intimate personal relationship with him. We're supposed to reflect his character. The Bible says we're made in his image. However, we know the rest of the Genesis story that in Genesis 3, humanity rejects God's authority over our lives. And the image of God in us now becomes distorted because of our sin. We're, we were supposed to reflect God's image as in a mirror. That mirror has now become cracked and it's become broken. And instead of eternal joy and eternal bliss with God, death has entered into the world. Sin and sickness has entered into the world. And all of us have been infected with the virus of sin and death. But the rest of the scripture is a hopeful story. It's the story of God's plan to restore his image in us. It's a story of God's plan to bring us back into ultimate relationship with him. That relationship we were designed to have at the very beginning. You see, the all-powerful creator God, he enters into his creation. He enters into space and time. He takes on human flesh in the person of Jesus. And this all-powerful creator God now takes our sins upon himself on the cross. In a sense, he takes upon himself the virus of sin onto his own body. And he dies the death that you and I should have died. Three days later, he rises from the grave in the resurrection, conquering Satan, sin, and death. So that now he can offer us the only vaccine that will save us which is the gospel, the forgiveness of our sins, and the promise of everlasting life in Jesus Christ. You see, the entire world right now is not infected with COVID-19. But the entire world is infected with the virus of sin and death. But you and I have the only hope that conquers that virus. We have the hope of Jesus Christ. He is the vaccine that, that you and I need. He is the vaccine that the world needs. And so let's not forget that hope that we have, church, today. Let's not forget the urgency that that we have today. Let's not forget the time and place that we're in right now where everything's being shaken, but we have the all-powerful, everlasting God as our hope. And we get to point our hearts towards him. We get to point others towards him and the hope that we have in Christ alone. And so today, as we kick off the series of of Hope Has a Name, his name is Jesus. His name is also Elohim, the all-powerful creator God, who also wants to have a personal relationship with you, and he did that through his son. Now, Jesus is also our restorer, and whatever situation you're in right now, God can restore it. God can bring hope out of that wasteland. He's done it before, and he'll do it again. So I want to invite you to to just pray with me as we ponder and consider who God is. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for the names of God. We thank you that God is so multifaceted, multidimensional. He is so majestic that one name cannot contain him and his glory. And today we're reminded that the God we worship is a God who spoke creation into existence There is nothing that's impossible for him. He is over and above all things, including our current circumstances. Lord, I know we all want to get back to life as normal, but God, let us never return to a state of complacency or apathy once again. Lord, long 
after the, the virus of COVID-19 is over, we still live daily with the virus of sin and death, and we have the vaccine that the world so desperately needs, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us celebrate the hope we have in him. Let us point others to the hope that we have in him, that he has, in fact, conquered sin and death on our behalf. And he's offered us this eternal hope that will never fail us. Let us be the kind of people that trust and bank on the almighty, powerful creator God, who is also the God that will restore our lives and restore those around us. We thank you and we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So let's go ahead and and respond uh, to today's word in just praise and by blessing the name of God today.